Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 12. The prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer for it. Some of you may remember, if not, I'll inform you that in the 1950s, post-World War II, during the era of the Cold War, most communities had a local group of volunteers, and they were called the Civil Defense. In connection with federal government defense programs and local governments and military and volunteers, programs were set up just in case of military attack. Some communities had a bomb shelter. In the backyard where I grew up, there was a bomb shelter. But not to create fear, it was called a storm shelter. And we did use it when weather was threatening. Never, of course, for any bomb threat. But the local civil defense people conducted drills in the public schools then, <coughs> and the slogan used in public service announcements was, Alert today, alive tomorrow. Alert today, alive tomorrow. Well, that's the idea on the moral and spiritual level in this proverb. Because it says the prudent, that is the wise person, sees danger and hides himself. But the simple, the unwise, go on and suffer for it. In our Bible class work not too many months ago, we covered the book of Jude and before that Second Peter. And much of that content had to do with danger and recognition of danger, but not just danger and its recognition, but using the God-given warnings and defenses to guard ourselves, to be on the alert and see the danger and protect ourselves with all of the defense mechanisms God has granted to us through His Son and through His Word, so as to Hide yourself from danger and therefore not suffer for it. I want to develop that thought with you tonight with reference to three areas of danger. Moral and spiritual danger each of us should recognize. Let's know that danger can come in many different sizes and shapes and we'll not cover all of those possibilities in one sermon. But in view of the reality of eternal punishment that was considered this morning, this is a good follow-up. I should like to call our attention to three dangers we all need to be aware of. Would you be turning to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, where I'm going to read verses 3 through 6. Paul gave warnings to the Corinthians in both epistles, knowing dangers they faced in very specific ways. But also those dangers they faced, we encounter if we are alert and realistic. 
And in 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 6, Paul said, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. I want you to notice three things in this second letter to the church at Corinth and in this passage in particular. One, being aware of the nature of our struggle, not waging war according to the flesh. Physical combat is not our struggle. Our struggle is spiritual. Number two, the power we apply in the struggle does not originate within us. It is divine power to destroy strongholds. And then number three, the aim of the struggle is every thought in obedience to Christ. And that's what I want to develop for a moment. So if our struggle is not physical, if the power that we apply is from God and the aim is is every thought in obedience to Christ, I've got to bring my mind in submission to Christ to protect myself against all dangers facing my relationship with God. No matter the specific danger, as I said before, whatever shape or size, first level protection is mental First level protection is mental. Every thought in obedience to Christ. Think about it. And make a list of any danger that might threaten your relationship with God. And therefore your eternal destiny. Now you can start with the so-called big name sins. I use that phrase accommodatively, murder, drunkenness, violence, false teaching. Add to that the sins that men may not classify in larger terms. Gossip, grudges, attitude issues, general neglect, despair that is so deep that hope is lost. And you continue that list. And in every single instance of temptation, spiritual danger and departure from God, protection against every such eventuality is at the first level mental. It is mental discipline first to protect ourselves against all the dangers that would threaten our relationship with God. And remember what the passage teaches. It isn't physical weapons we need. It isn't power that we originate within ourselves. It is divine power that we apply in spiritual struggles where we let God and his word into our minds to guard us 
and protect us. The more heavenly minded we are, the more we are focused on Jesus, the better equipped we are to resist the enemy's approach in our head. Our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. What we think shapes who we are. What if we were to make a list of the top ten thoughts we know can move us in the wrong direction? <clears throat> I'm not recommending you take pencil and paper out and do it now, <clears throat> but I want you to think about that and maybe we should do it later individually. What if you were to make a list of the top ten thoughts that you know could move you in the wrong direction? What would that list look like? Worry? Pessimism? Resentment? Sensual fantasy? Hate? Malice? Without mercy? Doubt? Despair? Selfishness. Now, did you notice something as I went through the list? There is overlap. You heard some of those, and perhaps your thought was, well, you just named something so close to that, you might as well named it two times. Worry, pessimism, resentment, those things generally go together. Hate, malice, without mercy, doubt, despair, selfishness. There is certainly overlap in all of those attitudes that could emerge in our heads that could take us gradually away from God. I want to recommend a very simple prayer that each one of us can use about whatever our list might contain. Thoughts that would take us away from God. A very simple prayer. Create in me a clean heart. O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And if you didn't write that down, you can find it in Psalms 51, verse 10. Create in me a clean spirit, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Danger, as it pertains to our thoughts, is something we ought to be aware of going into every day. Turn with me over to Matthew chapter 23. I want to go to Matthew 23, verses 23 through 28. You'll recognize this. Matthew 23, 23 through 28, where Jesus said to this group of men, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. You blind guides straining out a gnat and swallowing a camel. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside you are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate, that the outside also may be clean. 
Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you like, or you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Now, we do with this passage what I talk to us about a lot, and I talk to myself about a lot. We look at the Pharisees as their conduct is exposed by the Lord here in Matthew and other places. And maybe we see ourselves far above this group, far better than those people. But we need to remember that ritualistic religion has always been a danger and will always be a danger. And we may not call it ritualistic religion. Maybe we call it something like going through the motions without sincere inner devotion to the Lord. And so we form behaviors that are good, but can, if we are not careful, become nothing more than outward routines, forms without inner substance. And there we are, right with the scribes and Pharisees. It is good to assemble as we are tonight, but it's better if we do it for the right reasons. It is good to give to the Lord's cause, but better if we do it for His glory and with a cheerful heart, not just a line item in your budget. It is good to pray if we are thoughtful and sincere about the content and the attitude we bring into prayer and the aim of it. It is good to read the Bible every day, but it's better to read it, read it as one who takes seriously the blessings of listening to the Creator and using what you've heard and read in your life immediately and going forward. It is good to serve others, but even better when we engage in that service out of love and for God's glory and with no interest in being applauded. It is good to take the Lord's Supper and sing, but with understanding and focus and sincerity and gratitude, it's better. So every good work God has given to us, we ought to become engaged in from the inside out. Routine and ritual can never produce or maintain spiritual health. Routine or ritual can never produce or maintain spiritual health without the inner devotion that must be attached to what we do. Ritual is shallow. Habitual, but may not be healthy. It has appearance, but perhaps no substance. Worship God. You've heard this often in spirit and in truth. Third, go with me to Romans. In Romans chapter 12, verse 11, and 13, verse 11. 12, 11. 
Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. And then perhaps on the same page, or the next page, 1311. Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. Do you ever have passing thoughts, something like this? Yes, I know I need to do that. I do need to pray more and pray better. I need to take worship more seriously. I need to be more diligent about daily Bible reading and personal devotion. I need to talk to people about the gospel. I need to be more responsive to the needs of my brethren. On and on, these passing thoughts about what we need to do someday. Yet these thoughts sometimes can be absent action and diligence. These passing thoughts are never anything more than passing thoughts if there's no follow-up in conduct. We need every one of us in this church a greater sense of urgency. We get into routines. We rest on the past I'm guilty, perhaps you too. It is urgency about the Lord's work that can break us free from just routine ritual that amounts to nothing but spinning our wheels and just doing what we've always done. Do you recall what Jesus said to the rich fool in Luke 12, 13 to 21? Fool, this night your soul is required. Of you and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? See, this man had not been urgent and zealous about the things that matter. <clears throat> His ultimate gaze was on what he had, not on what God had for him. His ultimate gaze and attention was on what he had, not what God had. For him, one of the greatest things that could happen in this church is for every one of us to restore in our thoughts and actions and goals a true sense of urgency. Without that, we're in danger. Consider Jesus in John 9 verse 4, We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day, Night is coming when no one can work. Here's something to admire in Jesus, and then once we admire it in Him, put it into our lives. This strong sense of urgency. And it wasn't a frantic chasing that seemed not to find its purpose. No, it was concentrated duty and diligence in doing God's work, His Father's business. He knew his mission, and in everything he did, there was clarity and urgency, and that's what we need. Isaiah said, seek the Lord while he may be found, call upon him while he is near. I ran across this that I read a few days ago. 
often our strongest moral beliefs, beliefs to the effect that we ought to do this or ought not to do that, will diminish or even disappear if we procrastinate. So whenever a moral belief moves in and demands uncomfortable action, life is offering us the deal. Agree to act on this moral belief. But sometimes we say, not now. We agree with ourselves to act upon it later. And that's the essence of procrastination. And procrastination leads inevitably to inaction. So, danger. And the positive side of this is safety. And our safety is in Christ. But that's more than just a comforting thought. It's a way of life. We walk in Him, wear the whole armor of God, worship in spirit and truth, read our Bibles and share the gospel, and avoid ritualistic religion that has no sincerity behind it. We guard our thoughts. We are urgent about all of this. As it says in Proverbs where we started, the prudent sees danger and hides himself but the simple go on and suffer for it. May we be prudent. Let's be standing as we sing.